When I look back on bellhops, this has not been a you know a business that where we've had like two or three windfall breakthroughs. It's just been about laying bricks every day and building a company that people love. That was Cam Duty. He's a founder and chairman of Bellhops. Cam sat down with us at 3686 Entrepreneurship Festival to break down how his Tennessee-based startup has disrupted the moving industry to become the nation's fastest-growing moving company. Welcome back. I'm your host, Clark Buckner, and you're listening to Disrupt the Continuum, a Launch Tennessee podcast powered by Pinnacle Financial Partners, dedicated to entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders. In this episode, Cam explains how Bellhops uses tech sector innovation to overcome the moving industry's biggest challenges, all without owning a single truck. He also shares why he believes the Southeast is emerging as one of the most innovative ecosystems in the country. What I love about the Southeast is, is you know, we're essentially on an island and you've got a bunch of people with a chip on their shoulder of like, we know that we're not in Silicon Valley, we're not in, you know, New York. Uh, but we all take pride in how hard we work and how smart we are. This season's sponsor, Pinnacle Financial Partners, prides itself on being much more than just another bank. They offer their clients long-term partnerships for growing their businesses. Learn more at pnfp.com. And for more stories like this, be sure to visit launchtn.org podcast. Now, let's jump in. Hello, uh, my name is Cam Duty, like Howdy Duty. Howdy Duty. Uh, I am the founder and president of Bellhops, and I'm a speaker at 3686. Cam, thanks so much for coming on by. We've got our 3686 podcast lounge set up. Special thanks to our friends at Pinnacle. They actually are sponsoring this podcast lounge this year. So we're upstairs at Acme. This is actually the first interview of the night, so it's a little quiet. You hear some movement going around. They're getting ready for a huge happy hour, innovation happy hour. So while I've got you here, my goal is to not only hear about your startup story in the Southeast, hear about what you've been doing with Bellhops, what's happening in Chattanooga, but we also want to hear what your number one message is to attendees. You're speaking here. We want to hear all that. So how about uh, just take us back real quickly. What's the overview of Bellhops? Tell me a little about your journey and Southeast, specifically in this case, Tennessee. Yep. Well, we founded our company originally and uh, we were living in, Al- in Birmingham, Alabama. And we raised our first round of capital from a group uh, called Lampost Group in Chattanooga. And they do have a lot of activity with them. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've made some great investments that are, that are, uh, that are super promising. And, um, and, they have, and that is now uh, called Dynamo Fund. And they're specifically investing in uh, logistics-based startups. Uh, their background, the founders of Dynamo and uh, Dynamo and, and Lamp Post, their background was in was in logistics, and uh, they are the ones that wrote our first check. And kind of a prerequisite to taking a check from them is you actually had to move to Chattanooga, uh, and so we did. Uh, and that was that was in late 2012. We had bootstrapped the company for two years prior to that, and since then um, have raised uh, just shy of 60 million in venture. Uh, capital and uh, our team is about 250, 60 in three offices, Chattanooga, Atlanta, and uh, new office in South Florida. When was it, when was that tipping point when you started to really experience a growth? What, what year was that? Where were you at? 
Well, I mean, growth is kind of growth, right? So it's, it, we, have, we have been, in the early days, you know, you could grow 10x year over year and it was crazy, but, you know, you're growing on smaller numbers. Uh, now we're growing on pretty big numbers, uh, still, um, you know, more than doubling every year. And, and uh, it is equally as uh, insane as it was in the days of, you know, the, the 10,000 percent thousand percent growth you know era and speaking of numbers as of right now it looks like over 180,000 moves completed yes yeah, so we've moved uh that's probably a little higher than that too uh around 200,000 households to date uh really since uh you know 2013-14 were pretty small so 200,000 moved in the last you know only few years uh and you know, we've we've started taking on this huge antiquated space that everybody knows kind of sucks, uh, the moving space, and we've brought uh, entirely new logistics and workforce management model to where we're we're bringing an entirely new workforce into moving uh, types of people that we're putting in your homes are looking very different than you know what you would typically think of a mo- traditional moving company. And then our logistics model is very unique to the space in that we're the fastest growing moving company in the U.S. today, but we don't own or operate a single truck of our own. Uh, So it's an asset light, uh, super efficient, tech-enabled model that uh, is allowing us to win in quality and price. When you got that check from the investors, what was that year? Uh, 2012. Okay. November of 2012. November of 2012. So... Let's talk a little about some of the big milestones along the way. So today, you said you're the largest mover in the U.S. without any trucks. Is that right? Fastest growing moving company. Fastest growing company. So any big milestones that when you sit here, you're at 3636, you're surrounded by all these entrepreneurs, all of these founders, so on and so forth. What were some of the big milestones for you? And can you kind of take me back to that moment? Yeah. I mean, I, I think in any venture-backed business, your kind of natural milestones are going to be your fundraises, although those really uh, aren't necessarily wins. I mean, that's, that's more than anything that's like relief uh, that you have uh, more, you, you've just bought yourself more runway. And really the wins happen in between your rounds of funding where you're actually putting the capital to work. And, uh, you know, so that when I look back on Bellhops, we have not had... This has not been a you know a business that where we've had like two or three windfall breakthroughs. It's just been about laying bricks every day and building a company that people love, um, and uh, in, in, and that's happened just through you know ten million uh, little mini wins, right? The mini wins and collectively those are going to add up. Yeah. Into the story, the overall story. But when you th- wins are great to talk about. Are there any? moments when you had some losses or some big hard lessons you've learned that you think back to? Oh gosh. Constant. Yeah, I mean we've, we've pretty much failed in every way possible uh, to get to where we are. Um, and I think that's just part of it. You know, I mean in the beginning you just have to be delusional enough to take on you know, a billion dollar market. Uh, and then you know, the problems that we faced in the early days were like, how are we going to pay all these bellhops at Auburn University? 
Yeah. Well, we maxed out every ATM within a 50-mile radius, you know, and stuffed envelopes full of cash and went to the student union and, like, just handed cash out. Uh, in, the, in that time, you know, at that time, that felt like an existential problem that we had. Uh, you know, our problems as we've gotten bigger have changed a lot. Um, you know, now the problems that we're, you know, working out are some complicated, you know, mix of supply and demand liquidity and, you know, 60 plus markets across the country and, uh, you know, HR issues and, you know, the kinds of stuff that you don't really worry about when there's four people in a room, you know. Right. There's, a, I can't remember the number, but some people say there's a certain number, whether it's 25 employees or maybe 50 employees, where things just naturally start to break. Did you experience something like that? Yes. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, 25 is definitely a number. Uh, 100 is definitely a number. Um, I think the next mark, we really haven't hit it yet, but uh, I think... W- as you kind of persist, I think the reason those numbers are significant is you don't understand when you're a first-time founder how to stay out ahead of, of certain things. And so now we're at a point where hopefully we don't have another one of those, like, oh, shoot moments, uh, you know, because we, we, we have a lot of folks that are thinking about all the things that we need to do a year or two years in, you know, in advance of them actually happening. Let's talk a little about your time present day. We're at 3686 Entrepreneurship Festival. Let's talk about your speaking session, your message to attendees. What are you wanting to bring people at this event? Yeah, uh, well, I, I talked on a, a, on a little chat around uh, you don't have to leave the South to raise big. Um, and, that, you know, that's a, that's a topic that's, that's close to home for me because I think good companies, regardless of where you are, are going to be able to raise. And, you know, in the beginning of the company, investors in Silicon Valley, you know, were just laughing at us and saying, Chattanooga, I've never even heard of that place. How are you going to build a company there? And, um, you know, it might have been, a, you know, created a chip on our shoulder, but uh, we're, we're glad that we did it the way we did it. So, you know, I kind of talked about uh, how entrepreneurs in the South can go about, you know, thinking through rounds of funding. Um, and, uh, and, and so that was mainly what, the, what that talk was. What misconceptions do you find yourself wanting to break about being in the Southeast, being a founder, growing a tech-enabled startup? Anything come to mind? Uh, well, it's you know, come up with a number in your head on, of just like how hard this is going to be to start a company, right? Like think about like the... A, a number like the if you could weigh thoughts in pounds and like envision that like how many dump trucks that that would have to you know you, you would have to like pick that stuff up take that number and multiply it times 100,000 and that probably puts you in the in the ballpark of what it really takes to scale a company it's really hard and thankfully most founders are delusional uh and are delusionally optimistic about being able to win, when in reality, if they really understood the math of what they're you know, heading towards, they would stop immediately and go back to the bank. Earlier, you're talking about being the fastest growing, moving company in the country for what you're doing without these trucks, right? So you have a lot of differences about you. 
why would you say is Bellhop set to just take over the full market? <laughs> you know, it comes down to the two major problems that the traditional moving space has, and that's the inability to attract high-quality labor and its trucking capacity. And uh, those are the two things that are plaguing Atlas, Mayflower, two men in a truck, like you name it. And the reason is, is moving is super unsexy and it's really hard to get people to show up in a warehouse every morning and stand in a lineup while a manager comes out with a clipboard and says, you, 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 and you have work and sorry, you three, you can go home. Like that job just kind of sucks. And so- That's not the gig economy. That's, that's, not, that's, that's not the gig economy. That's not where yeah. we're going. Right, and so we have fixed that by building this uh, a, a platform that was built from the ground up to, to get kind of this culture, this like mission buy-in by giving all the power to our bellhops and putting them in a structure that sets them up to be able to make a lot of money in a short amount of time and work with other people that are like them. And uh, a bellhop, you know, the typical bellhop's average age is 24, 25. They're all aspiring to bigger and better things and being movers, but we're providing them with this very high-paying super flexible job where it's not thankless. It's not like Uber or taco delivery. You know, our bellhops are going into a customer's home when they're stressed to the max and they're like the saviors in our customer's life. And our bellhops really love that. And so that's, you know, the bellhops experience is largely shouldered by our actual bellhops that are going into your home and interacting with you for hours. And these are the types of people that you want to like invite over to dinner after the move, right? You have, I'm sure there's stories like that where... Oh, tons. Tons of stories. Tons, yeah. I mean, tons. And then the second piece on the transportation piece, like we had to build a workforce management platform that allowed, that gave people the flexibility, uh, to, you know, while also giving us our ability to like manage performance and, and really keep a super tight tab on, you know, the experience that we're providing. And the second part was how do you connect you know, how do you, how do you tap into a virtually unlimited supply of trucks all across the country? And you, the way that we did that was we built a, a, uh, uh, a, a, a partnered carrier team that's going out and finding these carriers that own hundreds of trucks and many of whom their fleets are working all night and they're sitting during the day and we're saying, hey, we'll keep your fleets moving during the day, just give us your availability every week. We'll match you with a bellhops crew. Your driver doesn't even have to get out of the cab. They just drive. They show up at a customer's home. We do all the moving, the loading, the packing, all of that. You just drive. And then you drive. And then when the job's done, driver and bellhops clock out. And then that carrier gets paid for that, for that job. And then they just go on. And so that allows us to flex all the way to the peak of moving season, which is really lumpy and seasonal. Uh, and, and, and take advantage of, of taking as much business as we possibly could without being supply constrained on, you know, the number of trucks that we own, which is how the traditional market is. And then in the off season, we don't have, you know, all these trucks sitting in parking lots, not moving, costing us money. Uh, and then when it comes to launching a new city, you know, we go into a city, we find one partner who has 35 trucks. We turn on our, you know, marketing channels for acquiring our bellhop supply. And in six weeks, we have the capacity of five times the largest moving company in, you know, the city that we just entered. Anything you want to leave us with? This has been so much fun hanging out with you. Anything you want to leave us with of just the power of the Southeast and what has enabled an environment for you to create this innovative startup? I think that, you know, 
what I love about the Southeast is, is, you know, we're essentially on an island and you've got a bunch of people with a chip on their shoulder of like, we know that we're not in Silicon Valley, we're not in, you know, New York, uh, but we all take pride in how hard we work and how smart we are and the same thing that human beings in any market take, but like we have a chip on our shoulder and I think that is like maybe the number one factor of determining someone's success is like how motivated personally are they to succeeding? And I think because we're kind of the underdog, uh, we just want it more. I love it. It's a great place to wrap up. So what's a good way for someone to connect with you and continue to follow the journey? I'm sort of active on Twitter. Uh, it's Cam Duty, C-A-M-D-O-O-D-Y. Uh, Instagram, Cam Duty. Uh, I'm pretty active there. Uh, LinkedIn, hit me up. And if you're ever in Chattanooga, hit me up. All right. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Thanks for listening to Disrupt the Continuum, a Launch Tennessee podcast powered by Pinnacle Financial Partners. This podcast is where Tennessee's entrepreneurs, investors, and ecosystem builders share their stories. To follow along on our journey, be sure to visit launchtn.org slash podcast. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this show wherever you get your podcasts. We look forward to continuing the conversation soon on another episode of Disrupt the Continuum.